Proverbs chapter 8, verses 29 through 31, God willing, we'll be expounding tonight. And in this chapter, wisdom has been telling us about itself, and we've been learning a great deal. And the most important thing we've learned is wisdom's identity. That wisdom is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says God has made Jesus to be wisdom unto us. So as we learn about wisdom, we are learning about Christ. In the book of Genesis... Jesus is the great creator. In the book of Exodus, Jesus is the great redeemer. In the book of Leviticus, Jesus is the great high priest. In the book of Proverbs, Jesus is wisdom. You see how that works? In the previous verses last week, we learned that wisdom did not originate with the world, therefore it will not terminate with the world. Wisdom was here before the world began. Wisdom was brought forth as a king who was born to die. Remember? Before God created the heavens and the earth, wisdom now, as we move forward in verse 29 tonight, was here. Look in verse 29. He was here when he, that is when God, gave to the sea his decree. Wisdom was here when God gave to the sea his decree. Now, the vast majority of the earth, as you all know, is water. Water's heavy. The seas are massive. They even have mountainous regions on the seafloor. They're massive. At one time, the whole earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Until God gave a decree. Look there in verse 8, 29. When he gave to the sea his decree. So the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the earth until God gave the sea his decree. Until he laid down a law. That's what that word decree means. It means a command, a statute. So at that time back then when the earth was without form and it was void and darkness upon the face of the deep in the beginning, God laid down a law for the water. And with that law, God called for the water to be gathered together unto one place and to let the dry land appear. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 9, God said, and here's the decree that uh, Solomon's talking about in chapter 8 tonight. God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. Now that's the decree, and it was so. So wisdom was there when God gave that decree for the water. When God said that, He was making a decree for the seas. And the Bible goes on to say in Genesis chapter 1 verse 10, And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together, that is the issuance of that decree for the waters to be gathered together, that was called seas. The accumulation, the effect of that law, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. So wisdom was here when God gave this decree to the seas, which of course included all seas. When it says sea, singular, it includes seas uh, in the smaller scale, plural. And he gave this decree, when he gave this decree, he commanded specifically, look back in your text tonight, that the waters 
should not pass his commandment. In other words, God laid down his law for the seas to be gathered together into one particular place, one determined place, and as massive as those bodies of water are, and as powerful of a force is acted upon those seas during severe hurricanes and storms, those waters have not, shall not, cannot pass the boundaries that God's commandment has laid out for them. Don't let the environmentalist alarm you about rising sea levels and you know the world's going to be flooded and all that because those sea levels aren't going anywhere that God hasn't already ordained for them. Now many years ago after God gave that decree uh, in the earliest part of the book of Genesis God uh, amended that decree. He suspended that original decree if you would gave an amendment to that decree and he caused waters to cover the earth with a flood. And the waters obeyed him then to go out and to spread abroad as they obeyed him to be gathered together in the beginning. God can gather the waters together and he can spread the waters wherever he pleases. But after he spread them across the earth and gathered them back together into their individual bodies, God promised us that they will never cover the earth again as they once did. And they won't. So don't worry about those environmentalists. And wisdom is telling us tonight, I was there when God did all this. I was there when God issued His decree that the sea should not pass His commandment. You can get in your car today, you can drive down to uh, the Gulf of Mexico. You can go to the beaches in California or in Florida. And there's that sea, and it comes up to the beach, and it stops. I mean, that wave can come in so strong, even with a hurricane, it can come in so strong and rush, and it, you would think that it's, I'm going to finally stretch out and cover the world again. No, it just it all comes right back where God told it to. I was there, wisdom says, when God issued His decree to the seas to not pass His commandment. I was there when He commanded the seas, and they obeyed Him. And I believe that is why about 2,000 years ago, God commanded the seas again. When he stirred up a great storm on the Sea of Galilee. Man, that's good stuff. And on that day, the Lord Jesus was in a boat with his disciples. Now understand that if Jesus was in the boat, then wisdom was in the boat. You see, they're all one and the same. Disciples were afraid that they were going to die. But Jesus was on board, which meant wisdom was on board. The same wisdom that's telling us tonight in Proverbs chapter 8, I was there when God gave the decree to the seas and issued His command. I was there. That same wisdom speaking to us about the sea's decree in Proverbs chapter 8 is the same wisdom that was in that boat with the disciples. That's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? But that's true. The same wisdom who was there in the beginning when God commanded the seas was there because God commanded the seas by His wisdom. And when Jesus woke up, the great wisdom from the book of Genesis was seen once again... 
In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, if you're taking notes, verse 39 through 41, or you can look up here on the, the board and read it. Listen to what it says. And he arose. Now understand, you can take he and you can substitute the word wisdom. Remember, uh, uh, he's the great creator in, Jesus, in, in Genesis, the great redeemer in Exodus, the great high priest in Leviticus. He's wisdom in Proverbs, but it's all Jesus everywhere. And wisdom arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? You see, when they were thinking about Jesus on board, they weren't thinking about wisdom on board. They weren't thinking about the one who was on board was the one that made that seed to begin with and gathered them together by his word. He said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? There was wisdom giving the command of the sea again. The sea, when Jesus said, peace be still, the sea was simply obeying his master. What the disciples didn't realize was the sea they were sailing on was only there to sail on because Jesus commanded it to be gathered into one place and, 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 uh, and to remain there since the very beginning. In the beginning, that is, look back in your text, in Proverbs 8, when He appointed the foundations of the earth. God appointed the foundations of the earth. And that means He determined how the earth would Hold itself together. You know, the Bible says about Jesus, by Him all things consist. Meaning in the, in the New Testament, by Jesus, all things are held together. Jesus is the foundation of the earth. And God appointed the foundation of the earth that would be held together into formation as in the way that God ordained it. And to, and to travel the circuit that it would travel around the sun in the order in which the earth would function, its foundations. Wisdom says, I was there when God did that. For God, once again, did this how? By His wisdom. He says, all of this occurred, and when all this occurred, look now in verse 30, then I was by Him, underscore by Him. I tell you, wow, how the Old and New Testament just so harmonized together. When all of this occurred in the beginning, wisdom says, I was by Him. That is, I was by God. Which in the Hebrew means, I was beside Him. I was next to Him. I was with Him. Remember in the Gospel of John chapter 1, it begins this way, In the beginning was the Word... Or you could say, in the beginning was the wisdom, and the wisdom was with God, and the wisdom was God. But it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. It's the same as the Apostle John saying, in the beginning was the wisdom, and the wisdom was by God. It was by Him. Amazing. 
Wisdom says, I was by God. I was with God. I was near God at that time. And how was, how was wisdom near God? How was wisdom with God at that time? The other day, a man came to the eighth floor. It's a secured area. No one's permitted back there at all, uh, except for judicial staff, unless they're cleared um, by us. And uh, <laughs> this man tried getting on the floor, and uh, there was a man down there, one of our guys, trying to talk to him, letting him know, you can't get on here. And then another man came down to back that man up to let him know you can't get on here. And when that other man came, that man quit talking to the original man, looked at him and says, and what are you doing here? Who are you? And so the question now is, if wisdom was with God when all that went on, I mean, wisdom says, I was there when God did this. I was there when He did that. I was there when God did the other. When He, he, he appointed the foundations, when He commanded the sea. I, I was there when He did all of it. I was with Him. What was He doing when He was with God? What relationship to God did He have? Why was He there? What was His purpose of being there with him. Was he just, you know, no? That's not what he was doing. What was his purpose? He's about to tell us. He said, if you look back in Proverbs 8.30, Then I was by him. How was he by him? As one brought up with him. That's a bad translation, by the way. Probably would be better saying, I was with him as one brought up. But it's still not a good translation. If you'll notice where it says, um, where it says, uh, let me put my glasses back on, look. With him, as one brought up with him. If you'll notice the words with him are italicized. So that means the, the translator supplied them. It's not in the original language. And even uh, the word as is not in the original language, although it probably has a good reason to be there. That then I was by him one brought up. So I want you to just consider for a moment that those extra words are not there. In reading the text for what it says, for what wisdom says he was, it says he was by God one brought up. The Hebrew word translated brought up here, it's a beautiful word when you consider the context here. It has the idea of building. Building. Now you can, if when you hear the word brought up, now if when we think of brought up from our geographic area today in 2023, or even back in the 60s or 70s, when we hear the word brought up, what do we think of? Yeah, like a child. Yeah, I was, I was brought up like a little child with him. We were ra- me and God, we were raised up together. That's not at all what it's talking about. The word brought up has the idea of building. 
building? What was God doing when he was creating and establishing the foundations of the earth? He was building. The Hebrew dictionary defines this word that's here translated brought up, right down in your margin. Here's the definition of the Hebrew word translated brought up. Architect. Architect. You see what's happening here? You see what wisdom is saying about itself? Do you see the relationship that wisdom had with God? Our uh, floors, where I work, are about to undergo a, a decent remodel, restructuring of the floors. Offices are going to be changed around. Personnel is going to be shifted around on two different floors. And there is a builder who's going to do the build-out, but we haven't gotten that far yet. Do you know where we're at now? We have the architect that's there right now. And the two are going to work together. The builder and the architect working together to do that job. That's how Jesus was there with God the Father. Jesus was there as the architect. When God created the earth, wisdom wasn't being built up. Wisdom was building up. Wisdom, wisdom wasn't the subject of the building. Wisdom was the builder. The literal translation of the Bible puts this verse this way. Then I was at his side like a master workman. Isn't that beautiful? Wisdom said, then I was at his side, God's side, like a master workman. That was his relationship with God then. That's what wisdom was doing there then. Wisdom wasn't there in the beginning as a spectator. Wisdom was there in the beginning as the master builder. The Bible says, by him were all things Made And without Him, that is without Jesus, was not anything made that was made. He is the master builder. The wisdom who said, let the seas be gathered together into one place in the Old Testament is the same wisdom who said, peace be still in the New Testament. And He calmed the sea for His disciples. And why did Jesus calm the sea for His disciples? Because He loved them. Wisdom says, I was building the world with God. Look back in your text. And I was daily His delight. Fascinating. God daily delighted in the architect, Jesus, during that time. I remember when Jesus was here... And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God delighted in him then. He delighted in him building the earth. God delighted in him redeeming the earth. Do you see? He said, I was daily his delight. God the Father delighted in the work of God the Son. Now, in every instance in the Bible, when, when this Hebrew word is used here, talking about delight. 
is not in every instance where this Hebrew word translated delight here is used, except in this instance. Every other instance, but this instance here in the book of Proverbs, this word is used to describe mankind delighting himself in God's word as well as God delighting himself in mankind. Now, let me repeat that again. This is marvelous to me. In every other instance where this Hebrew word translated delight here tonight is used, except this time in the book of Proverbs, it's used to do one of two things. To describe man delighting himself in God's word, or to describe God delighting himself in man who was the creation of his word. Except this time. This time, it's used to describe God, the Father, delighting Himself in God, the Son. You say, Brother Richard, what's the contrast? There is no contrast. It's a marriage. In every other instance, you've got two different sides here. One side, the word is used to show uh, man delighting himself in uh, the Word of God. The other side is God delighting Himself in man. But here with Jesus, God delighting Himself in Jesus, do you know what we have here? The Father is delighting in the Son who is both the Word of God and the Son of Man. Isn't that amazing? On one hand, is delight in the Word. On the other hand, it's the delight of man. In Jesus, it's both the Word and man. God the Son also delighted in the work of God the Father. They were working together. They were working in tandem. God the Son delighted in the work and the Word of God the Father, for He was, look back in your text, rejoicing always before Him. God was rejoicing in His work. God was, was delighting in the Son's work. The Son was rejoicing in the Father's work. Now remember, the Bible says that when God in the beginning created the heavens and the earth and He made everything that He made, He said, Behold, He looked at it, and behold, it was very good. That's Him delighting in it, see? Jesus was, look in verse 31, rejoicing in the habitable part of His earth. Jesus was rejoicing in the habitable part of His earth. There's some places that are habitable. There's some places that are not habitable. Guess who lives in the habitable places? We do. That part of the earth where man would dwell, Jesus was rejoicing in. Jesus was making the, he was pulling the waves of the waters back and letting the dry land appear. Jesus was putting grass on the dry land. He put light on the earth. He put animals in the sea and on the land. And then he put, he built him a garden and then he put man in the garden. And the whole time as he was creating the habitable portions of the earth right up into the Garden of Eden. He was rejoicing in it. I believe that God the Father and God the Son, as they were 
pulling that water back and making the dry land appear so we could walk on it. As they put the grass and the trees and the fruit trees and the terrain and the wonderful, incredible animals. And they made that garden the most habitable part of all. And they're rejoicing in it each and every day that they're making it. I believe God the Father and God the Son were in a sense saying to themselves, they're going to love it. They're going to love what we're making them to live in. People spend money, good money, when they get older to go travel the world and see the creation. Because it's marvelous to them. And God made it that way so they, it would be beautiful to them. But I believe that's what God did. He stepped back and said, they're going to love it. That's how much God loves you and me. We were on God's mind when He was doing everything to the earth that He did. And He was excited about it. Wisdom says, I was there when all that took place. I was the architect. Look back in your text. And my delights were with, look here now, the sons of men. Isn't that amazing? Jesus the Creator, Jesus the Redeemer, Jesus the Great High Priest. Get to Proverbs. You got Jesus in every book. But you get to Proverbs. Jesus' wisdom, the wisdom of God. And in all of this building, the driving joy behind God's creation was us. That's what he's saying. I rejoice in the habitable parts of the earth. I rejoice in the parts of the earth that I made for man to live in. My delights were with the sons of men. The whole time I was making the earth, I was thinking about them. I was thinking about Larry Colvin. I was thinking about Becky Shepherd. I was thinking about Eddie the barbecue guy that Richard's going to love. He was thinking about every one of us. My delights were with the sons of men. God loved us and prepared this world for us. Just like expecting parents who are excited about their children. From the very beginning. Jesus loved me. This I know for the Bible right here in Proverbs chapter 8 tells me so. And thank you, Jesus. We love you too. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. God, how powerful your word is. I get chill bumps thinking, Lord, that while you were critting the earth... You were thinking about me. You were happy that I was going to be made and I was going to be born one day and, and alive and someone for you to love and, 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 and you, me to pray to you and to know you. You were thinking about all these people who were here tonight. God, we were always on your mind from the very beginning. And if wisdom loved us so much in the beginning, if wisdom delighted itself 
in the sons of men from the very beginning, then how much more should we want to know and follow your wisdom today? Because your wisdom, which never changes the same yesterday, today, and forever, your wisdom still delights himself in us. Another reason for us to lay hold of your wisdom and stand fast in your word. I pray we will in Jesus' precious name. Amen.